This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. It's a, it's a tragic night for the East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office. Uh, one of our deputies has been shot and killed. Right now, uh, Sheriff Gotro is with the family. We're focused on, on working with the family, praying for the family, and making sure that our deputies have the help and the support that they need. We've asked the Louisiana State Police to come in and investigate the incident itself. Uh, just before midnight, State Police was conducted, con- contacted to conduct an officer-involved shooting investigation uh, here at the Classic Cuts off Old Neal Lane. Uh, what we've learned so far is that the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office was conducting an investigation at this location. Uh, during that investigation, shots were fired. Uh, the deputy sustained life-threatening injuries. A uh, suspect was also shot. That suspect is being treated at an area hospital at this time. Uh, the Louisiana State Police Bureau of Investigations, as well as uh, troopers from Troop A and the State Police Crime Lab are currently working to uh, uncover all aspects of this incident, and we're going to continue to work throughout the night. As you're listening to this, I'm sure you have a lot more of the information from that night. The voices you just heard were those of Casey Rayborn Hicks with the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office and Trooper Brian Lee with the Louisiana State Police talking about an incident that took place on Saturday, the 18th, just around 11 p.m., where a couple of deputies were heading to a business on O'Neill Lane, Classic Cuts Hair Salon. Uh, Sergeant Sean Anderson was going there to arrest who we now know is 30-year-old Brandon Wiley, who had been accused of rape. And there are many other details about this that I'm sure you guys have have all heard by now, and I'm pretty sure you don't want me to rehash it all here. It's just a shame. These kinds of things keep happening. It's sad on Saturdays or Fridays or, heck, even during the week, when we hear about these shootings that happen across our community and a law enforcement officer doing his job on a Saturday who leaves his family with the expectation of coming home doesn't get that opportunity because of this. And now this guy, 30 years old, who, as I record this show, is fighting for his life after already having having taken the life of a sheriff deputy. This man that many of you, I'm sure, have heard a few times by now was an exemplary law enforcement officer. He had delivered a baby on the side of the road. He was involved in charitable and community outreach efforts and was just someone that cared about his job and the community He served his end of watch was Saturday, the 18th of 2017, as he was doing his job. I said this on social media some time ago that where is civility? And yeah, I I really don't even have the energy to to go back through that dialogue again. I, I will just say until some of us decide to do something about this 
this won't change. And if you're wondering what the this is, I think it simply comes down to having respect for one another and listening to one another. And hopefully we can raise kids who have respect for themselves and for others. And when we have problems in our society, when those in our society are, are not respect, respectful to others of us, that we can deal with it in a way that removes the problem instead of exacerbate it. Just one man's opinion. Tough weekend. You know, Baton Rouge had gone 12 years since the last officer was assassinated in the line of duty, Terry Melanson, back in 2005. We've now had four shot, four murdered, excuse me, and I think five or six shot in that time, over about eight months. Something else. Well, my thoughts and prayers are with his family and with the sheriff's office and it is my hope that we as a community can step up. I really hope we can. All right, our guest on this week's Clay Young show is Ryan Gisclair with Capital South Wealth Management. Ryan and I sat down last week as you are hearing this show to record this interview. Ryan was brought to my attention by Sarah Collins over at the Business Report. She's very familiar with what Ryan is doing. His company deals with families that have special needs children or families that are in a situation where they are taking care of a parent due to some physical or mental issue that has come up. I was intrigued by this because I didn't know such a thing existed. And I guess when you take a step back and you think about it, why wouldn't something like this be out there? And it's a fascinating conversation with a guy who tells you why he got into this business. And he talks a little bit about this subject. Now, obviously, this does not apply to everyone. And he's not really on to sell anything. It's just a conversation I wanted to have with him about it because I do think that there are extraordinary circumstances that families with special needs children have to deal with. And I just think that uh, this is fascinating and I, I hope you enjoy the conversation as well. On the other side of my conversation with Ryan, I'm going to have some information about our military fundraiser, talk a little bit more about that with a big announcement coming in a couple of weeks about Smoke'em 2017. Uh, remember, you can hit the subscribe button. You can get the show every time it pops into the iTunes app. We ask that you tell your friends about us, share information about it. If you have a subject matter you'd like us to, to talk about, just reach out to me. My email address on the website is clay at podcast225.com. Clay at podcast225.com. Or you can, of course, reach me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR, as in Baton Rouge, or on Facebook. We, haven't got, we have gotten requests uh, for different things that are happening in the community over the next few months, and people want to come on here and talk about that, and we are going to make it happen. So with that, we'll take a quick break and come back with Ryan Just Claire with the Capital South Wealth Management Group right here 
on The Clay Young Show. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consultant. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at OpenEyesSafetyTraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Back with Ryan Gisclair with Capital South Wealth Management here in Baton Rouge. And before we came on, we were actually telling some funny stories. But you guys are at your firm, Ryan are engaged in a multifaceted effort to help families get their financial future in line. And one particular thing that we talked about last week uh, when when uh, we met here at the office was families that have special needs children. Mm-hmm. And I want to work my way to that. But first, let's talk a little bit about why you got into the financial services business. Ooh, why I got in the financial services business. That is... A little closer to that microphone there. It's not television. That's that's an interesting story right there. My wife and I, I was working for a family firm that kind of has a lot to do with why I started working with families with special needs members. But we actually did pretty well at a young age, and we we were pretty good savers, and it was kind of one of those things where we trusted the wrong family friend who was mm-hmm. a financial advisor and we uh, lost all of our savings. Yeah. And so we kind of tried to figure out what's the best way that we can help this from stopping other people. And, you know, right after losing your savings, what's a better way than to jump into an industry where yeah. you make no money right at first. <laughs> so we decided to go ahead and get into that and try to treat people the way they should be treated. It's interesting how many people have that similar story maybe maybe not the back end of getting into the business to prevent it but there's so many families who have trusted the wrong person there are. and have their futures wiped out uh how long have you been doing it we have been involved in this industry for five years five years five years what's your what's your general focus what my area? general focus is for these families it's, it's essentially special needs planning mm-hmm. that takes on a couple of different aspects when I first started, it it basically, when I work with my father, my mm-hmm. father is a life care planner. Okay. What that is, is because nobody knows. Everybody just kind of smiles and nods like yeah. real nice. But what that is, is he, when people are catastrophically injured, either through the fault of somebody else, the plaintiff's attorney or defense will hire him and he will do a cost projection f- for medical and it's really the cost of their life. Yeah. And he will be an expert witness for him. 
So I learned a lot working with him about working with individuals with disabilities. And when I got into this industry, he had called me because there are means-tested government benefits that these individuals really need to to get the medical care that they require. If not, pretty much all their money. It doesn't matter if they get a very, very, very large settlement. They can just kind of blow through that. And these special needs trusts allow them to stay on these government benefits, but still have the money to have a quality of life. You know, that's kind of what the trust money does. And he asked me if I would get involved in helping manage these assets because there's just not many people in our industry who do it. And when I say not many, that's really underestimating how few people do it. So it was a natural fit for us. And we kind of started going around and, you know, it took, it took some research and studying on my part. I knew a good bit about the trust, but I still really needed to learn. And we got pretty proficient and we went out and a lot of law firms started asking us to come in and do some education. And we stopped by some bar associations and did some some speeches there. Why were law fir- firms calling you in? Because the for the you know if it was a plaintiff attorney and they had a client and mm-hmm. the client you know they knew that they were going to be on these means tested government benefits. because of some injury or accident exactly okay and so if you know Medicaid is a big one Medicaid is the long term care that they may require yeah you're only allowed to have two thousand dollars worth of assets or resources. You know, and these people are about to get millions, but yet they're not allowed to have more than 2000 So they need a way to stay on those benefits. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the trust, putting the, the money in the trust, then all of a sudden Social Security doesn't count those for them. Yeah. And so we were really good at that. But there's two different types of trust. There is the one for the people that it is their own money that they receive maybe from an inheritance or they receive from these settlements. And then there is a different type of trust for families who place money in the trust for their children. It was never their money. And I didn't know as much about the planning for the families. And every time we would speak, it without fail, before we got to the parking lot, somebody would track me down and grab me and say, hey, you know, my child has um, is is disabled. Can you help them? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I basically had to say no because I didn't know that side. And the more that that happened, it just weighed on me. It, it continuously weighed on me because I also didn't have anybody to point and say, hey, this person can help you. Yeah. So we started doing some research. I started doing some studying and through that process, it, it, it was so obvious at how horrible our industry was at at working with these people. Yeah. We, we pretty much just neglected them as a whole and their need was so great. And so, you know, we, we decided we were going to be that firm. We were going to be the firm that actually, focused on this community and kind of make it our goal. If you look at the numbers of individuals just in Louisiana with disabilities, I mean, it's in the hundreds of thousands yeah. and nobody's servicing them. So we decided to take it upon ourselves to learn all we could mm-hmm. get out there and help these families. But through, through doing that, we knew as a small firm, there was absolutely no way that we had the ability to reach 
hundreds of thousands of families. Sure. You know, everybody is says, anyone trying to not that I'm, we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, as you were initiating this effort, you're, you're doing this as almost a trailblazer in it, or were there other people who were servicing them? There was, uh, there's another gentleman. He is actually a really good guy. He helped me in the beginning. He's here in Louisiana okay. and he helped me with the kind of the asset management for the settlements and stuff like yeah. that. He, and no, I mean, I was, I guess kind of creating some competition. No way did he need to talk to me. And he did. Yeah. He was, he was outstanding. And he talked to me for about an hour and kind of helped me out mm-hmm. on the processes of the family. I know of, of no one who does quite what we do. We essentially try, one of our main focuses is to educate the families. Mm-hmm. And the, the real reason for that is, is one, we don't want to tell you, hey, you need to go out and do this without you having any understanding why. Not right. because I told you so. Right. But really, we want them to be able to turn around and, and tell the next family that they see that might not know of us or we might not be able to reach, hey, this could be a mistake. Mm-hmm. You should think about this. You know, and it's it's just so important because there's well-intended things that these families or their extended families do. For instance, like giving the child money directly just because, you know, or leaving an inheritance to the child because, you know, this child needs help and the family needs financial help. That can really hurt them. You have to leave the money in the proper way. Okay. So we try to educate, you know, anybody that's close to the child, family, aunts, uncles, close friends, coaches, whoever it may be that you think might want to benefit your child. We even bring them into the planning process. That's a huge part. The education's a huge part. But the thing that we threw it all, I really noticed that these families would, you know, they would have to go to so many different people for so many different things. Yeah. They might talk to this lawyer and he might know his piece of the puzzle and they might go out and talk to, you know, a financial advisor or somebody selling insurance or somebody about, you know, resources through the government, whatever it may be. But nobody was there to put all those pieces together for the family. And that's really kind of the tough part. And so that's what we aim to be. We aim to be that resource to where if they have a question they have a challenge that they're facing, just call us. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So for families who have a child with leukemia or some other sickness or a child with a mental or other physical disability, and they know that the child is born uh, in, in, in this way, and they see that for the rest of this kid's life, they're going to have to provide accelerated in some cases and then additional in other cases medical uh, services for and then be there with them it's expensive and it can break some families absolutely and you know you read stories about how it breaks up marriages because of the weight that it places on a relationship Mm -hmm. so if someone is listening now and they're looking at a future of having to take care of a special needs child for the rest of their life what would be the first piece of advice you'd give them? The first piece of advice I would give them would be to essentially come to someone like us, okay. sit down and have the conversation. And that conversation would be? Would be basically, 
what are our goals? What do it, you know, if the child is old enough, we would like them to be involved. We want mm-hmm. it to be based around their abilities, not the disability. Sure. We want to figure out what do they want in life and also figure out exactly how the parent wants their child cared for once they're gone. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we all know we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We right. need to put a plan in place today yeah. that essentially what it does is if something does happen to you tomorrow and most people jump immediately to I'm going to die tomorrow, that could be you becoming disabled, not being able to not being able to have the income mm-hmm. to support your child, your child, not just that child, but your other children. Yeah. And so we immediately need a plan in place, but we also need to make sure that those funds don't go directly to the child. They go in the proper manner Mm -hmm. into a third party special needs trust because it's, it's, it's just really important. If you look at the stats for people with disabilities in Louisiana, the poverty level as the ch- as the individual gets older, the poverty level rises and rises and rises. Sure, and that's because of a lack of proper planning. For what we think, that's mm-hmm. my opinion. But most people don't know what proper planning means, right? And in the context of money, that's why they call someone like you to talk about that. Because the average person, I mean, having a bank account that you put money in every week or every other week when when you get paid or depending on what your company does, if it's a 401k, it's all surface level for most people. They don't know the nuance of saving, the proper vehicles to put money in, putting your money in something that doesn't penalize you whenever you want to go get it out for whatever purpose. And and that's always a thing. And then when you go in and meet with people, and I've spoken to other friends of mine in financial service, you're at a trust deficit Mm -hmm. only because people think you're only coming in to get their money. You don't give a crap about their, right. their well-being. Right. And obviously that isn't the case with many people who do what you do. But this this specific area to me is so intriguing because you see that there is great need. For instance, a friend of mine, uh, James Toulier, mm-hmm. he's the father of Nick Toulier, the sheriff's deputy that was shot last July. Right. Nick is going to need therapy and some level of medical attention for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Now, he's one of the toughest SOBs I've ever seen because he's still alive and every day he's trying to get better, but it's expensive to take care of him. That's just one example. Absolutely. There are examples of people who get hurt on the job. Plant work, whatever, you fall, there's some injury that now that stops you from being able to work. So let's take specific examples like that. Someone who has worked, but who can no longer work, and an income is now cut off from their household, what would you tell them? Because panic sets in, as you know. What would you tell them first if they came to see you? For situations like that, if someone has worked, they have, through Social Security, probably, it depends on their age, but they've probably accumulated enough credits Mm -hmm. to get Social Security disability income. Sure. Then you would have to look at their dependents. You know, there are certain rules when their dependents can get some. There are certain rules when their spouse can get mm-hmm. SSDI based upon their working through, you know, the credits that they have gotten. You know, we would help them 
look through all that stuff because that's a process you have to apply for SSDI once you're on SSDI for two years then you get Medicare Mm -hmm. and it's just even even going to apply if we're helping somebody look at if they want to any type of government benefits if they want to apply most people who get rejected from SSI which is supplemental security income Mm -hmm. they're rejected because they don't have the proper documentation yeah we sit down with a checklist and say okay here's what all the things we need before you go and sit with somebody at the social security administration's office yeah here's what we need your doctor's level to say i mean your doctor's letter to say they have certain criteria what they find considered disabled yeah and you need you know they have actually certain they have okay, here's a list of the disabilities we consider to be disabled, and here's what it should say. Well, your yeah. doctor's letter, letter needs to follow that. Yeah. And we just kind of help people walk through that because why would they know this? Stuff? Right, yeah. You know, we 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 planned our process. Sure. We, we looked at other examples and things we needed to do, but like take Nick, for instance. There, his family had no idea what was going to happen. Absolutely Why not. Why would they ever right. go in and figure that out? Yeah. And that's what we've learned. A lot of people go through this process alone. Mm-hmm. They try to put these these puzzle pieces together alone. And you could be making a mistake that you have no idea is a mistake until, you know, five years down the road when sure. something does happen to you. Well, let me ask for things like equipment. Mm-hmm. Okay. V- transportation, because there are modified vans or cars for people who are wheelchair bound because of either a, a disability from birth or something that's happened in the course of their life, some injury that removes their ability to function what we would consider normally mm-hmm. understanding purchasing equipment in home equipment like i said transportation other things that you need maybe uh, a special maybe a nurse or someone to be in the house during the day what covers all of that and if insurance or some federal you know medicaid or something doesn't cover it what does a person do well that's where it runs into it because you kept talking about it being expensive i read a study the other day that said they it cost roughly around $240,000 to raise a child from zero to 18. And you can double or triple that if they have special needs. Yep. So, you know, through, I, I'm about three weeks away to being fun, uh, finished with my chartered special needs consultant designation. Mm-hmm. And over and over, we talk about a lot of families will do things like pull out of retirement, Yeah. which is sad, but, Medical, you know, your, you and I's health insurance don't cover a lot of the stuff that these individuals will need. Right. A lot of people will use Medicaid for long-term care. It's the only government-based long-term care. However, when you're from zero to 18, most people aren't able to get that because they are deemed to have income and resources from their parents. Yeah. And so it's a lot of it really is will be out of pocket yeah or through government resources and there are a lot of different sure. government resources sure. or foundations nonprofits who will help donate things 
it's just it, it's literally it's it's so hard to say just one thing because there is no family that's the same. Well, that's a, 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 what about families that don't have disposable income that they are household income income of under 80,000. Lots yeah. of those houses are out there and obviously a lot lower. So they're on the margin anyway. Mm-hmm. Something like this happens or a child is born with a disability. I mean, what do they do? Because that's got to be terrifying, if, especially if it's one of the adults in the house, one of the principal breadwinners who loses the ability to do so. I mean, they don't have anything to begin with. What do they do? Well, we're hoping we're hoping that if it's one of the breadwinners that they have had disability insurance. Well, but uh, yeah, well, what happens that's, if they have not? That's your hope. I mean, it's, and, and they don't have a lot of time on the job. Let's say this is someone in their early or mid 30s. Right. Where they've only been in the job force 10, 15 years, depending on if they went to college or not. What about their situation? That's when you see a lot of times families step in and help. You know, you can do so much with the government resources. And, you know, if can't you trust that a whole lot, you, you can't because you never know what's going to happen with yeah. that. But it's family step up. There's a lot of lifestyle change. Yeah. You know, I've, I spoke to a family not long ago. Because there's different onsets. Sure. You can find out at birth. You can find yeah. out, you know, somebody gets disabled as an adult. Mm-hmm. It, it basically, their their lives just changed. Yeah. No more vacations yeah. is what, yeah. you know, they, and that would, the reason I say that is because that's what they said to me. I guess yeah. we're not going on family vacations yeah. this year. And so it's just, it's really, you have to look at all the resources available and that's what, our goal is basically in these financial plans, which I almost hate saying financial plans because it's so much more than that. Yeah. But our goal is to take all the resources that are available and paint the best picture for the individual with disabilities, the and the family. The are there any parents? Are there any preemptive practices that you would recommend as a professional in this for someone listening now who has not made this a priority, whether it is a situation with a disabled or, or injured person in the home or not, are there preemptive practices that you would recommend? Absolutely. I would recommend, you know, first and foremost, start to prepare for retirement. The one thing that we run into all the time, it's parents who basically say, you know, I'm going to work, I'm going to die in my chair because I'm not going to worry about me and I'm going to take every resource and I'm going to give my child the best life they can. Yeah. And that is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's really in this particular situation, it's in all situations, it's not great, but in this particular situation, it's really, really, really a big mistake to not anticipate that income drop because what happens is nine times out of 10, we don't just retire on our own. I'll say nine times out of 10, that's my opinion, but often life retires us. True. And if that happens, well, then you no longer have the funds to support yourself, much less support your child who doesn't have the ability to go out and earn. And when you pass away, you're good, but they're not. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely focus on retirement. That's a really, really big one. I would go out to your attorney and take care of your estate planning. Uh-huh. Make sure you have, you know, all the things you need, your durable, mal- uh, 
your durable powers of attorney, different things like that, just to where if something does happen to you, somebody else has the ability to step in and make decisions for you, for, you know, for your finances. If you do have a child who has disabilities and you become injured or incapacitated, make sure that your wife is able to get to your funds yeah. to, to continue to help that sure, child. Sure. You know, if, if it's, if it's assets held elsewhere, whatever it may be, you know, if you have a mutual checking account with both your names on there, sure, he or she can go and, and get that. But that's probably it, unless you have joint accounts, mm-hmm. both people's names are on everything. A lot of us don't have that. Right. So we just need to make sure that the proper proper tools are in place to where if something does happen to you, then you can you can or someone can help your family. Yeah. You, your risk management's huge. Your your disabilities, your life insurance, and and a lot of times the families when we say, okay, tell us, you know, or, or tell us, are you prepared if something happens to you? And and it's almost like a human instinct. Everybody says, yes, I have life insurance. Well, that's good. It is good. We if all you die. That. If you die. But the stats show us that we are way more likely to become disabled than we are to die prematurely. And unless it always kind of seems like, especially with the families that we work with, if they're not working at an Exxon or an employer who provides the disability insurance, yeah. they haven't been proactive to go out. Yeah. And that's not saying that it, it's just something that a lot of people don't think about. Right. You know, and we kind of try to take that top level view because these families are in it every day. Right. They are, they are focusing on taking care of their family, taking care of their child. And that's kind of the convenience that we offer. We want you to continue to do that. Let us look at all the things that maybe you either haven't got a chance to do because you're too busy or you haven't thought about. Mm-hmm. We handle all that stuff. We walk them through processes of writing a letter of intent, which is something that accompanies your will. And it's basically a blueprint for if something happens to you today, it will tell the next caregiver exactly how to take care of your child down to, you know, the most minute little thing. I think I think this is it's intriguing when we spoke about it last week, it was fascinating not something you think about fortunately it is not something that i deal with in my household but i have friends who have special needs children and it is expensive and they are amazing parents i mean it's it's a couple of couples and they are amazing parents and i don't ask questions about people's financials right mm-hmm. but i can and and these are both families with professionals actually uh, both wives are nurses and you know both men are professional they have uh, occupations that are college educated the whole thing and but there are so many families who like you say the statistics show that you are likely to be injured or disabled or, or even not be able to work I had an elderly relative who is no longer with us 
who had diabetes and just kind of had a precipitous drop after a period and it required additional care. Mm -hmm. And it can be arduous and expensive if you don't know what to do. So uh, I just think what you guys are doing is fantastic. And, you know, I did the the Special Olympics indoor games kickoff a couple of Fridays ago. And I've done it eight out of the last nine years. Some of the most amazing people that you'll ever meet, but it takes a team Absolutely. for so many around them in, in the home to make certain that, that they're okay. So, uh, listen, what's your website? Our website is CapitalSouthWM.com. CapitalSouthWM, as in wealthmanagement.com. Ryan, just Claire. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for giving us time. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107 three mobile app. This is the Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. Fascinating subject matter, right? Ryan just Claire with Capital South Wealth Management. All right, folks, smoke them if you got them. 2017, the fourth smoke them is going to be taking place again on Sunday, May 21st. New starting hours starting at 4 o'clock. We will have live music. We're going to have a burger station out there with some jambalaya. I got more information about that coming up in the, couple, in the next couple of weeks. We have selected the featured cigar for this year's event. Actually, I did it last week, and I am looking very forward to telling you what this is. It is a classic cigar name and I will tell you what that is in the coming weeks. We're going to have, we're working on having a live auction there. Have not yet nailed down that detail. I'm working on it though. So it's still kind of falling into shape within the next couple of weeks. We'll have all of the details done and we're just going to be telling you about it here and across the Guarantee family of stations. They're going to be our radio partner again this year. But lots of information about this year's Smoke'em. The only thing we can't control is the weather, so we've got our fingers crossed hoping for the weather we had last year, which was absolutely fantastic. But again, it's Sunday, May 21st, 4 o'clock at Ben 77 Bistro in Perkins Row in Baton Rouge. Put it on your calendars now. Mark your calendars so you can be there. Trust me, you will want to be there this year. You'll want to be there this year, okay? You'll want to be there this year. (laughs) I'm winking at the microphone, right? So there you have it. That's as much information as we're prepared to give you on it now. More is coming in the following weeks. And again, we want to once again offer our thoughts and prayers to the family of Sergeant Sean Anderson, the sheriff's deputy who was... Killed, killed in the line of duty this past Saturday, March 18th. Stuff's got to stop. 
You guys enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are, and I look forward to visiting with you again here on The Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. Y'all be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.